On this episode of the This Is Believe One podcast, uh, Lane Shercliffe is back, and we are discussing Lance Part 2, and it is certainly something. Oh, it's a doozy. <laughs> uh, Lance Part 2 made Lance Part 1 look like a Mickey Mouse cartoon. Okay. Oh my god, seriously. It started out so slightly sweet. I don't want to say sweet, but like it started out where you're like, okay, this is docile. And then it was like, BAM! <laughs> <laughs> it's like you just get, you're just getting set up for the ultimate just fuck you just over and over again. Because that's what it seemed like for about an hour and a half. <laughs> like the final hour and a half. Good old bait and switch right there. Yeah, I mean, Lance Part 1 was not an easy watch, which should tell you how difficult of a watch Lance Part 2 is, <laughs> because I don't know how many people have a positive opinions, so let's say just no opinion of Lance Armstrong, but I think at the end of the day, after watching this, the overwhelming majority of people will have a negative opinion of Lance Armstrong. Yeah. I mean, for me, I I mean, like, we both didn't know a ton, and I probably somehow managed to know less than you did. And I was like, oh, it can't be that bad. Oh, he's not going to be so bad. He won all these championships, whatever. I don't even care. And now I'm just like, take all the championships, burn it all down. This <laughs> <laughs> I mean, scumbag is the perfect word to describe Lance Armstrong. Absolute scumbag. There are, there are no words. Okay, I'm sorry. It's like literally no word <laughs> um, in the dictionary. I think that he could easily make up, we could easily make up a word with his name or something, like for him. I and mean, we can't say Armstrong because, like, then that kind of ruins a bunch of NASA stuff. So. It does, it does. <laughs> um, so. See, we even can't come up with something from his name because so many parts of his name have such greatness. Like, this is awful. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's it's really difficult. But uh, let's dive into the insanity. Um <laughs> It, let's start off with the relationship with his son, because it seemed like his his son's doing a certain... He's giving some sort of effort to try and distance himself from his father in a way. Because uh, yeah. he, he, he said that, you know, he didn't want to go into cycling because he didn't want to be... It didn't want to be as, I don't know, obvious or whatever. But it, it seems like... He, well, he's doing everything he can to not be referred to as Lance Armstrong's son, as, as difficult as that's going to be. Right. I mean, luckily, the last name Armstrong is not a very unique last name. Mm -hmm. So, um, unless people actually saw his dad or he was like, my dad was a racing cyclist, like a cyclist, they wouldn't even probably bet an eye. Now, if he was in maybe like France... <laughs> That would be a different story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he still maintains... The thing is, is like he still wanted that like personal relationship with his dad, but separated 
his professional relationship with his dad. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So he still had the personal relationship with his dad when he was around uh, his his teammates, his uh, other students while he's at college. He's separating Lance from his day to day life. Yeah. Because let's be honest, uh, it's going to be a largely negative reception if he were to go around saying I'm Lance Armstrong's kid. Or if people point out that he's Lance Armstrong's kid. He's trying to do everything he can to not necessarily broadcast it to the world. Right. But to be honest, like any kid in general, I mean, there's a point to like respecting your parents and, um, you know, loving them. But I think every kid should kind of strive to create their own path and, it could be based off of what their parents did or what they think their parents shouldn't have done. But uh, I think looking at his son is a great example to every kid everywhere, not just like a celebrity kid of the importance of making a name for yourself because sometimes, you know, your name could get marred by somebody else. So Mm -hmm. it's just really important to take ownership of who you are and do the best you can to make your personal name be yours and not um, be so attached to the um, your parent. And he's in a you know special set of circumstances because of his. Let's be honest, uh, his particular. Uh, family name of Armstrong uh, from the widest view of people or a broad view, it's relatively tainted. So it's his specific family group, Armstrong. It's just, that's how it is. People aren't going to look at his name, Armstrong, compared to some random person down the street from me with the last name Armstrong. Completely different. And so it's... He has a little bit more motivation to try and do it than, let's say, the average person does just because of the attachment of his father. Right. Now, speaking of his father, you you tweeted, you didn't tweet me, you you messaged me something last night, which is kind of, um, it's a similar question, similar thing that we discussed last week. But it's a little bit, a uh, little bit of a twist on it because what we said last week was separating Lance Armstrong, the cancer patient, from Lance Armstrong, the cyclist. Yes. But uh, let me let me pull up your exact message here. You tweeted. You sent me. Is it possible to separate Lance and Livestrong from Lance and cycling? I said no. And I said only because what he did from cycling is why Livestrong exists to begin with. If there was no Lance the Cyclist, there would be no Livestrong. I don't know if you agree with that or disagree with that. I'm still um, having an issue deciding. Um, I do agree with you on like if there was no Lance Armstrong if he hadn't doped and gotten all of those championships then 
there wouldn't probably be a live strong or if there was a live strong it wouldn't be as um actually there wouldn't be a live strong because nike is really good at finding a good story <laughs> and and marketing and coming up with a, a way to really produce it to the masses so nike probably wouldn't have um latched might not have latched onto them so you're correct in that that aspect like i 100 percent agree with you in that aspect um but I, you know, Lance the Cyclist seemed to be the ultimate D bag. Like, well, Lance the person separate from Cyclist seems to be the ultimate D bag too. But that's <laughs> besides the point. <laughs> but when you see Lance the Livestrong guy and you hear, um, uh, you hear some of the things like he didn't want cameras in the room with him. Like, no, no, I'm doing this. It's between me and this sick kid. And you know what? Too many people use things as PR opportunities. And I will say like, as someone who's been covering, you know, professional hockey team up close for five years is you know, the monsters are really good about like, yeah, they have their photo, sh- sh- like photo thing. And then they have a day where they go around, but then some of those guys go back without any cameras. Okay. Um, but there are other teams that I've seen. They just, they're constantly there with the camera. They're constantly doing like a photo shoot. They're constantly putting it out there. And like Lance Armstrong recognized the importance of that private moment, emotional moment with, these kids. Um, and that's a big deal. And I, that's where I'm struggling with, you know, Lance is the ultimate D bag. Yes, totally is. Um, but there's definitely this side that no one is seeing because he won't allow them to see it. You know, like we're hearing these things secondhand, but he never really let the cameras see it. Um, and I think the only time we even saw a hint of that was when he was talking about his son. So it's like, I feel like we could try and separate it, but it's really hard to try and separate it because they were so um, in, like involved with each other. And, and I agree with the, what you said about, you know, the keeping the media and the cameras in a way he's doing it for the thing, you know, the benefit of <clears throat> the charitable organization. I would say the only way to, I guess, separate anything here, because it's all connected, it's all kind of muddy, it's all kind of a mess, is recognize that the actions, the charitable contributions, and what the organization did are good things. But the person who it's named after, the person who is the reason it exists, is a D-bag. You need right. to separate then, the actions of the organization from the person. So not the organization, the actions of the organization. And that's where it becomes kind of difficult. Right, because he seemed to be pretty involved with it. So that's where it gets kind of hard. Like, you want to separate it, but you also can't. Like, it's easier to separate it when, say, the person's not super involved with their organization and they just throw money at it and then they talk about it, make an appearance here or there. But it seemed like he actually was, like, involved. And so that's where it gets tough when you're like, well, 
can't even separate Livestrong from Lance. Like, mm-hmm. there's no, it's just all intertwined. And, um, I mean, I do like that, that it's all intertwined. I wish more athletes and more people in general, you know, just didn't compartmentalize their lives so much and just mixed them together a little bit. I'm not saying that that's a redeeming quality for him. <laughs> it's not like his character arc, <laughs> uh, redemption arc. But, I mean, I, I do like that aspect Um of his personality that so much of him is intermixed together, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just a, it's just hard because in, in a perfect world, you could separate the entities for, of Livestrong and Lance Armstrong, but it's, you, you can't. And that's, that's that weird gray area that exists that we're not able that, is not present between Lance the cancer patient and Lance the cyclist is that this is kind of in the middle which connects the, those two particular things it, it, on you know in a, let's say not a direct line but kind of like an offshoot <clears throat> um i guess scenic route if you want to call it if this was like directions uh but i just i don't see a way that you can separate the two as easily as uh cancer patient and cyclist Right. And then it kind of brings up the question, um, is Lance a bad person with a few good tendencies (laughs) or is he a good person who did a bad thing? (laughs) Like that's, um, I don't like calling people bad people, but I feel like maybe he, (laughs) he's more on the, the bad side. Oh, I'll do it. He's a bad person with a few good tendencies. <laughs> <laughs> because because that's what it is. He he did he did a lot of things that were inherently bad. I mean, there's different degrees of the, of bad, but he lied over and over again. He threw people under the bus, which we'll get into that later. Uh, he <clears throat> lied in court. He cheated in a sport. Granted, everybody in that sport cheats, but still cheated. And he <laughs> did just lots of things along the way where it's like, yeah, this guy's an asshole. And not like, oh, that guy's an asshole. He's funny. No, this guy's an asshole. And yeah, he did some charitable things, lived strong, did lots of good things. And there was a little side story about, you know, where cancer research cancer information would not be where it is if not for him which is very true and my dad was my dad definitely was talking about that last night um i mean it's so true the things that he spoke out about publicly you know harvesting his sperm and and fertility and all of that like before he went into those treatments Um, Like that's a huge thing for people with cancer is when you're younger and you get it, what is your legacy going to be if you survive? And that's a huge, huge mental thing for cancer patients and it really can mess with them. But if you know that you could possibly have a legacy, you know, another generation afterwards, um, you know, it, it helps the process mentally a little bit um because honestly 
I don't know how I don't know if adoption things have changed, but if you'd had cancer and it was bad, you're going to have a heck of a time back at least like when my my dad had survived and I was in high school, you're going to have a heck of a time adopting. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a very like you know so yeah, there were good things that came from it and it's like I I hate I am such like a look at the bright side of things person. But it physically hurts me to be like, well, maybe Lance should have doped and done all of this stuff because without it, we wouldn't have all of this amazing cancer research and these programs and these advocates out there telling people about these other options. And uh, we would just probably just have the American Cancer Society, which is still a good, a good program. They did a lot for my family. But my, my dad said the same thing is... Um, they could only do so much because they cover the whole nation. Mm-hmm. And so they can only really do base information and making sure you're taken care of. And um, it, it can't be as individualized to each person's cancer as they would, as they would like they're, mm-hmm. you know, branching out, but I, it just like angers me because I want to be so mad. And then at the same time, I'm like, Oh, but like, this really bad thing happened and it led to all this really good stuff. And like, I'm condemning what he did, but like all this really good stuff came from it. And it's so conflicting. Like it's hard. I I think the, I think at the end of the day, what it is, is that Lance Armstrong is a bad person, did lots of bad things who did, a couple good things. It's just that the good things he did had a very massive and large impact on the way that, I guess, society and the the medical community addresses certain things and the way it's handled and the the progress it's made. Just that it's in that if he didn't do those things, we'd be in a completely different situation with those. I think, and that's why certain people have a I guess a hard time. Uh, trying to evaluate what he's done is whether it's it's good or bad or some sort of mix of the two. Right. It, and it can be both good and it can be both bad. I mean, that's that's the thing. Life isn't black and white. It's it's, it's not. I think if, it, if he did things and that were good, but they weren't this impactful, there'd be a, a more universal view of him and his overall legacy. Yeah. So let's let's moving on to the I guess the next subject of this here, which is basically going to carry us on through the rest of this conversation. It's one word and one word only, and that's doping. Uh as we saw time and time again, Lance Armstrong was denying every doping allegation. He was saying very big, loud statements about people that are doping and how he's against it, while all the while he's doing it himself. Yep, and he just lied with a straight face. <laughs> I He's a good liar, and honestly, what took them all down is that one person didn't know how to lie. Oh, we're talking about Floyd Landis. <laughs> I mean, I wish he had just come clean instead of tried to lie. You know, like I'm a bad liar, so 
when stuff like that happens, I'm just like, yeah, I did it. Okay, it happened. But, like, he tried to lie, and it was so obvious that he was lying, and it was so uncomfortable. And I was like, if I was one of the cyclists, I would be like, just don't even make a statement. Well, I mean, I would have been like, just tell the truth, because that's who I am. But if I was one of those specific cyclists and in their mindset, I would be like, just don't even say anything. If you're, if you're going to say something, make it a written statement. Don't make a public statement. You know what I mean? Don't go in front of a microphone. Have your have have something written so you don't have to show how bad of a liar you are. Cause, right. I mean, it would it would have taken a long. I think it would have taken a lot longer for all of this to come out if he if Floyd Landis wasn't such a bad liar. If if Chris Kringle from Santa Claus from coming to town wasn't such a bad liar, then this would have gone on for a much longer period of time. <laughs> and who knows if Lance Armstrong ever would have been found out. It's eventually, that's just what our culture is <laughs> to, to dig and find all the bad. I think eventually it would have come out, but not like that soon. Oh, definitely not that soon. Um, interesting uh, Floyd Landis thing. I had no idea he was a Mennonite. I didn't know anything. Of, well, obviously, I didn't know anything about. I know. Floyd. I know they really much that about him either. But they brought up, "Oh, you come from a Mennonite family? Team's a Mennonite." And and he like. He's still live, <laughs> and that's probably why he's a bad liar. <laughs> he was still lying, I and mean, he dropped some f bombs. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, uh, all right, <laughs> uh, not what I expected. Uh, you know, because when you, I guess your idea of what he is changes a bit when you find out that particular part of his background. Like, okay, right. maybe this guy's gonna be like Philip Rivers and just not curse and you know say like consarn it like he's a eighteen eighties prospector, but or um, like son of a puppy, coaching. <laughs> <laughs> <Go cheese. laughs> or oh, oh, Philip Rivers is really big on gracious to Pete. By the way, oh, uh, maybe I thought I... I was gonna get one of those, but nope, he's dropping out, fucker, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's where we're going so I just you know I said to that's I didn't know what to expect and then we're just like okay sharp turn here and uh you know it's it's obvious that Lance Armstrong still does not like Floyd Landis oh it's so obvious and I'm like, how can you sit there and call him a piece of garbage, but, like, you did worse things than him? But I don't know, because they didn't really dive into him that much, but is it because he took all of you down because he couldn't lie? (laughs) I don't. (laughs) I'm only laughing because I literally have no. I, it's so crazy. It, it is crazy. And we'll loop back around to, to Floyd Landis in a second. But Lance Armstrong was basically doing what Landis did later in time. Because if you remember, his teammate Tyler Hamilton left to go be his own like leader of a cycling team because he wanted to go win. 
Lance Armstrong just throws him under the bus and exposes him. And gets him banned. Yep. It's just like, really, dude? <laughs> you're you're here, you're doping, you're doing everything illegal. Someone else wants to go get go for their shot of glory, and you're like, haha, nope. Hey, this guy's doping. Like, what are you doing? He just wanted to be the best at all costs. It was that, like, my dad calls it the alpha dog athlete <laughs> mentality. Except he said that one's toxic. And Michael Jordan's was not nearly as toxic. But, I mean, it's just like, he, let's be honest. He almost got away with it. He almost got away with acting like that complete piece of shit. Right. He he really did. And I just... Good thing Floyd Landis was bad at lying. We never <laughs> would have known. We would have never known. We would have had the wool pulled over our eyes. Because, you know, um, reporters couldn't talk about it. Because in the way that they would want to, knowing what they knew, but no one wanted to go on record, mm-hmm. you know? And so what people don't understand is as a reporter or journalist, if someone's unwilling to go on record either anonymously or with their name, you really can't do anything with it because nothing will come of it. I mean, you won't have made a change. You would have lost your credibility and your job for literally nothing. Yeah, you could put it out there as anonymous sources, but everyone related to that particular story or source we'll shoot it down immediately just to because be like uh that's not coming from our building and that's all i gotta say yep. and and you know what and guess which uh team you don't have uh, inside information on anymore or group or athlete the people right. you said anonymous sources said this yep and that's just that's just how it works and uh obviously uh it's how it worked out in in this situation people realized that they can't do that, and that's why they didn't. <clears throat> so that's why this just kept going on and on. And, and speaking of of stuff along those lines, uh, <clears throat> there was the story that came out with Emma O'Reilly. And this was the one thing apparently Lance Armstrong regretted in his career. And that's when he called her a whore. I swear to God, if any, like, call me a whore, call me. One of you guys call me a whore and see how that works out. See how it works out because Emma O'Reilly is clearly a better person than I am. <laughs> because if you call me a whore to defend yourself, I am I am burning it all down. I am spilling all of the tea. <laughs> we are, you know, like... I say that, but let's be honest, I probably wouldn't. I would probably just be like, I just, that's the level of his, that's, that's the level of his doesn't give a, give a fuck. Yeah. He was willing to throw a woman's um, credibility and her, just her underneath the bus like that. Mm-hmm. By kind of insinuating that she was had improper relationships with people on the team or around the team. And you know what? It's hard enough for women journalists sometimes. Like, that's my biggest fear is that, like, someone's going to be like, 
take something the wrong way or say something like that about me. Mm-hmm. You know, like the amount of times that I people have said, well, women usually, which is like really weird, but the amount of times I've heard you're just covering hockey because you're a puck bunny. And I'm like, okay, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but like, it's, it seems to be like the automatic thing. Like when men cover women's sports, I never hear that. I never hear you're covering a woman's sport because you're trying to get with that chick. You know, like, <laughs> but when a woman covers a man's sport, it's like, oh, she wants the D. <laughs> no <laughs> not it um, and so if a, if someone I was covering said that about me I don't know what I would do and like that made me you know I started to feel a little bit for Lance and I'm like oh he has like a nicer side and then I saw that and I was like you you have like one nice side and it involves cancer <laughs> I, I mean I don't want to say understanding because that's not the right phrasing or terms I want to use on this but he went out that way and said that for a particular reasons because of the claims of injections of uh, EPO and using makeup to cover up the injection sites and all that other stuff so he was protecting his image he was protecting his uh, ability to still compete as a, a competitive cyclist, but again, scumbag. You just, you just can't drag people like that to that extent. I mean, you shouldn't do it in general, but when you lie, it does hurt people. But he did it in such a way that really destroyed people's lives, and it's so wrong. He did it. It's the fact they did it maliciously. I mean, athletes have been lying about taking performance enhancing drugs for decades, but very few have gone to this length of not just calling out or criticizing someone's character, but just straight up calling somebody a whore. That's just a completely different level of, of criticism and comments. I mean, they usually say, you know, some sort of lines of, um, at least in Sammy Sosa's case, says I never test positive for steroids uh, when he's asked did he ever take them. Uh, but that'll be a conversation for about two weeks from now. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, they usually do some sort of denial or um, dancing around the question. He just straight up attacked the, the source of information, which is just not okay. It's not. It's not okay. I, I can't. I just... I get a little aggressive when it comes to shooting the messenger. Like, don't do that. Except in this case, he like dismantled. I don't know. He like blew up the messenger. <laughs> like, God. And I guess what happened there may have motivated something he did later. And that was with um, that other cyclist, uh, Michael Simeone. He was criticizing that Dr. Ferrari guy. You know, the guy that everyone knows was, I guess, cheating. But no one necessarily says whether or not he did. Everyone alludes to him 
helping players or other cyclists cheat, you know, saying, well, we got to get more oxygen and more uh, blood cells and all that other crap. Um, people made accusations and stuff like that. Then, you know, Lance does his thing, you know, cycles up to him, touches him for some reason, which I thought was weird, starts talking to him. Then there was that one little clip of him looking in the camera, just zipping his mouth shut. And I'm just like, really, dude? Like, are you going to be that obvious about what you just did? The, the question is, is why? So we all know that they are doping. We all know this stuff. So why are so many of them still protecting Ferrari? Um, on one hand, I want to say, I don't know. Uh, on the other hand, they, they might have signed some sort of contract with this person. Um, yeah, saying if you that. say something in this manner, uh, you are liable for this or you'll be sued or, you know, something along the lines of some sort of non-disclosure agreement type of thing. That's the only thing I can think of is because, as you saw, no one clearly spoke out and said, you know, this was happening that was involved in it. It was everyone that was maybe a reporter or, you know, some other outside person or influence wasn't necessarily one of the cyclists. <laughs> That was saying the things about Dr. Ferrari. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, great name. Right? It, it is, but bad person. Uh, obviously. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <sighs> that was just a moment where you could tell that Lance thought, he was indestructible. He he could he, he could do anything. I mean, he still thinks that, but at yeah. that moment, he just thought that nothing can take me down. I'm on top of the world. I'm gonna go uh, silence this person. You know what I mean? And it right, <laughs> and it worked. I do like. Okay, I will say this. This is I. You know, I think what bothers me is like he. You can look at him and be like, I respect the fact that when they wanted to use him to take everyone down, he was like, I didn't really like that. <laughs> I was like, well, we know he's not a snitch, just mm -hmm. a liar. <laughs> like, it, it was, you know, at least he was going to stick to his personality. <laughs> And, and speaking of outing everyone, coming right back around to Mr. Floyd Landis, he decides to just send some emails, then some more emails, then some more emails, outing everyone about what was happening. Because once he sent the first one, apparently, you know, within the first six hours, he was feeling good about it, like he said. Then I think he realized the gravity of what he just did and was probably just like, ah, fuck. That is such a, like, a person who can't lie, <laughs> who's just fed up. <laughs> like, that is a total, like, passive-aggressive, like, I can't lie. I have all this guilt. <laughs> let's let's just burn it down, baby. Let's burn it down to the ground uh, in some sort of effort to try and save my ass. But in the end, I actually look end up looking like... Uh, 
an even worse person. Um, <laughs> no, it kind of reminded me of, it kind of reminded me of like one of the, uh, the ending scenes of the movie Goodfellas where Henry's just ratting out all the people he's been with for <laughs> yeah. 30 years where, you know, yeah. he's, he, he's ratting out, you know, Jimmy, he's ratting out Polly, and that's what it's reminded me of. I mean, that is literally what that was. Because <laughs> he gave him a timeline. He was like, on this date, at this time, what? How do you know all this stuff? Did you keep a, like, a log in <laughs> case you needed this time for your redemption arc? <laughs> and it's not even a redemption arc because nobody likes him. Nobody likes him. <laughs> I mean, I don't hate him, okay? But do you like him? I mean, I don't know him, so it's hard. We didn't really get a chance to get to know him. Do you want to know Floyd Landis? I really don't. I don't. Maybe he he can't lie. I can't lie. Like I, let's get together and not lie. I don't know. <laughs> He's the only one that has any sort of like redeeming quality. Kind of. Nah. I don't know. I just don't know. That's the problem. This whole thing. This whole documentary has me in a tizzy. I'm like, I can't still wrap my mind around it. Because there are times when any of them are talking and they just go, like, dead in the face. (laughs) Or, like, dead in the eyes. And you're like, oh, that's unnerving. We were going back and forth on this uh, in our messages. And just like, (laughs) I mean, where is this? Uh, is Armstrong a psycho? Was what you sent to me. I was like, absolute psycho is my response. Oh. All because he went, I don't even remember what they were talking about, but he went dead in the eyes, and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is scary. I even looked at my dad, and I was like, Dad, can we turn the lights on? <laughs> It wouldn't have been as bad if he would have blinked, but he didn't blink. Total psycho move. He did not blink. He's just staring the camera in the eyes. Just just total dead in the face. There's no expression. He's telling you exactly what's what happened, what's going on. And it's not good information that he's telling you. Then he just stops no. talking and he's just looking. Just no expression. Didn't blink once. Staring through you, not at you, through you. Because that's what he was doing. It reminded me of Dexter. (laughs) This guy makes Dexter look like a good person with the dead in the face, okay? (laughs) (laughs) This person, I mean, Lance made Dexter look like he had feelings, okay? (laughs) Let's let's be real, okay? Dexter really didn't have feelings. He had no emotion. Are there are there any Lance Armstrong fans still out there? Because when I was tweeting things last night where I was like, wow, he showed a genuine moment. And people were like, all up on me because they hate him so much. <laughs> like, I have yet to have like one cycling fan favorite my tweets where I was, like, sympathizing with him for, like, half a second. See, that's where things get complicated with Lance Armstrong and his legacy, is that anyone who is a fan of Lance Armstrong today, it is not because of 
what he did as a cyclist and it's what he's done to help the medical community. Yeah. See, that that's the fans of Lance Armstrong or people that are going to support him in one way or another. It'll be from that particular group. It's not going to be from cycling fans or people that like sports or people that talk about sports because general consensus I'm going to say it for the like 10th time in this. Scumbag. Um, I, I think we summed it up pretty good here uh, when you said the ending makes me sad. <laughs> it was so uncomfortable. It wasn't the same sad. Like when the last dance ended, I was sad that it was over, but I was so happy that it happened. And it was just like, a sweet, nostalgic, sad. This is like, I'm going to have nightmares, sad. Like, I'm going to be thinking about this for weeks, sad. (laughs) I simply respond and be like, there's no happy ending here. There's no redeeming factors for anybody here. It's it's all, it it came to an end. Everyone's some level of douchebag, piece of shit, scumbag, whatever you want to call them. And... That was cycling. The end. And you know what, though? It, the music made it all unsettling, too. Like, it kind of reminded you that this wasn't a happy story. The background music they used was very unnerving at times. Um, so I got to give ESPN and 30 for 30 films props on that because... They know how to change your, heighten the emotion with the music that they use. <laughs> and uh, interestingly enough, there was a there was another cyclist that they uh, that they mentioned in there. They didn't talk to him, but it was someone that <clears throat> Lance was going against uh, after he came back, and that was Alberto Contador. They barely even discussed him, but he was also somebody who also had some. Uh, um, <clears throat> Uh, doping allegations. Different group of people, but it was still just something that uh, I just wanted to mention because it seemed like they didn't talk about it once. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would like to... I wish there was more... Um, not so much about... Uh, not so much about Lance Armstrong, but just about cycling in general. I'm kind of fascinated by the amount of corruption in cycling and how it took literally a bad liar to take down was it like centuries of <laughs> well I, if you remember corruption from, from from the even in part one they mentioned that people have been doing some sort of level of cheating and cycling since it since it began right but so, like, I mean I, I this is just a, more... a, a different level a different type it's more scientific technologically advanced it's just it's the way it it is and that's why unfortunately more sports are than people realize right but i just i feel like i just need to dive i want to dive deeper into cycling and learn more about the i don't know like the mindset of it like why what possesses a person to cheat so much and so often and how does it become like a culture thing like Well, it's 
it's it's, weird. Si- it's simple, and this is, uh, I guess, uh, comparable to when there was the big steroid run in baseball. It's either you use and you have a career, or you don't and you don't have a career. I mean, when things were going really bad for steroids in the late 90s, tons of guys were using because it was either do it or get left behind. And that's essentially what it seems like the mindset and the way that they operated in cycling is that if they don't dope, they're going to be so far behind everybody else that they're not going to get signed to a new cycling team. You know, no one's going to want to get that person. Yeah. I mean, because you're so far behind everyone else. I guess you're going to have a, I don't want to say, I'll be blunt, a reputation as a loser because you're not winning, because you're not doping. Yeah, I'd be okay with that, though, me personally. But to be fair, I've never really placed last in anything, so maybe I would be a little bit more angry if I placed started placing last in things. <laughs> I mean, it's just... Overall impression of part one and two, uh, part one was the happy part, I guess. Uh, and I really wasn't even all that happy. Uh, part two is you feel kind of scummy after watching it. Yeah, I felt awful. And... I mean, like, this was probably the worst. (laughs) Like, I wish we had some feel-good documentary going on right now because this did did not make me feel any better. Well, what I'm hoping for is for next week's documentary to be better. (laughs) Uh, You know, that's the Bruce Lee Be Water documentary. I'm hoping that that is better (laughs) than this. Uh, We all know that, you know, Bruce Lee died at a young age. But it's it's it should be, it, it being better than this or not feeling like a scumbag. The lowest pr- the bar is pretty low here. Like yeah, a, a a baby could crawl over the bar. That's how low it is. <laughs> I I don't know much about. I wish I knew more about Bruce Lee too. So a lot of this is like, um newer to me now because i was a vocal performance major i did know more about his dad okay yeah yeah his dad who is an um opera singer so (laughs) i guess i guess good news you'll be learning a lot about bruce lee next week (laughs) right which is good i mean that makes for uh, i guess a more genuine conversation for us than like me talking about my personal experiences watching the last dance. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so be water next week. After that will be one I'm very excited to watch because huge baseball fan here. The baseball one, the uh, <clears throat> what's it? Uh, Long gone summer. Yes, I'm excited too. So I will be very excited to watch this. Bruce Lee is going to be interesting because it, while he's an athlete, it's not necessarily the same type of athlete that we're normally accustomed to talking about or 
I guess, even considering into the same group of people that we just watched. You know, guys like Michael Jordan and the Bulls and, and, and now all these cyclists. It's a different type of uh, athlete. And I think it'll be interesting to see that particular, you know, perspective and world, uh, I guess, explained to us for people that really don't necessarily know all that much about it. Yeah. Sorry, that's all I got. That's all you got? (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. So we'll we'll end that on that note of, yeah. uh, (laughs) (laughs) They're so horrible because of me. (laughs) Oh, it's okay. Uh, Here we go. Here's Here's a much better ending. You ready? Lance Armstrong, scumbag. Here, here, dilly, dilly. <laughs>